0: This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by Spring Hill Suites, Dayton South, Miamisburg, the Hamvention home for Ham Talk Live. Reserve your rooms now at marriott.com or call 888 850 It's Ham Radio. Everyone, it's time for yet another episode of Ham Talk Live. It's number 52, DXing with Fred Rigeneiter in K4IU, recorded live on Thursday, February 16th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight we're joined by Fred. Regennider, K4IU, and we'll be talking about DXing and take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, George Nicholson, N4GRN, was on the show to talk about logistics for DXpeditions. And if you missed that show, you can listen anytime. You just go to hamtalklive.com and you can listen on demand. Or you uh, can listen to one of those podcast things at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in, SoundCloud, or you can go over to YouTube and catch the old shows, so take a listen to those. And tonight, we celebrate our first year on the air. So, one year ago, I decided it was... Time to give talk radio a shot, something I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. And uh, so I decided that it's time to get back into broadcasting at least just a little bit. And uh, since last year, we've grown to over 1,000 listeners each week. And we just celebrated our 2,000th follower on Twitter. And we did a show at Dayton with a live audience. We added Instagram and Periscope to uh, of our Facebook and Twitter feeds and even did a show with uh, open phone lines and hopefully we'll, we'll do some more of those. Um, Stephen Hawking, Samuel F B Morse, Kate Upton and Oprah Winfrey are just a few of the stars who have never been featured right here on Ham Talk Live. But we have had some of the top names in amateur radio and leading experts on this program covering everything from DX expeditions to young ham of the year so to our listeners our guests our callers and our tweeters we say thanks and we hope you continue to listen and more of you will participate in the show in the years to come also don't forget there's one day left of school club roundup just got home a little bit ago from uh, working on that so get on the air give the kids a call tomorrow and um Give them some more contacts on the last day of School Club Roundup. All right, get your dialing fingers ready after the interview. You can call us by telephone at 812 net ham one That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at the username live. Um, you can also send questions via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Hamtalk Live. So I'll be back with Fred right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and n connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Diwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of HamTalk Live.
1: Oh, baby. You put a five nine in my logbook. Now enjoy more Ham Talk Live. <laughs>
0: Thanks to our friend, Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They'll be at the Dalton, Georgia Hamfest on February 25th and Cave City, Kentucky on March 4th. Or you can call them at 920-435-2973 or visit them at pl-259.com online and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. Hamtalk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com, and if you miss the show, you can listen to the archive on the website or download it from most popular podcasting websites. Fred Riggeniter, K4IU, is a retired orthodontist and consummate DXer and contester. He traveled the world as an officer in the U.S. Army as an orthodontist being stationed in Germany, Seoul, South Korea, and the Canal Zone, as well as across the USA, including as the commander of orthodontics while stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. While at Fort Knox, he had a stealth Yagi living next door to the base commander even. Um, He's operated from Germany, Korea, and the Canal Zone with his wife, Judy K0UH. He was a big contester in the Canal Zone working with Jim, K4SQR, who started Comtech Products. Fred worked DXCC from the Canal Zone and from Korea. He was transferred back to the continental United States in the 80s and landed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Uh, He and Judy raised two children, Chris and Jill. Chris followed his uh, dad's footsteps and did a short career in the Army after graduating from West Point. And Chris is now an executive with Frito-Lay. And Jill went on to the best university south of the Ohio River. It's the University of Kentucky where she majored in marketing and was a member of my beloved Big Blue Nation. Uh, She's a strong UK fan even to this day, and she lives in Chicago. Um, And that instantly just made her okay in my book. I haven't met her, but that, that's okay. She's a part of Big Blue Nation. So uh, Fred and Judy have six grandchildren, and uh, he taught at that other big university in Kentucky that I try not to talk about, That's the University of Louisville, uh, in the dental school and was a member of the Kentucky Contest Group. So Fred now uh, competes with wires in his backyard. He has an off-center fed dipoles. Runs a Flex 6700 and Icom 7700. He's a local contest mentor to hams in the Rochester, Minnesota community. And is a board member of the Minnesota Wireless Association. Fred's an active contester, uh, weekly in the CWT and nearly every weekend in a contest. He has more QSOs per foot of wire than most hams ever dream possible. And um, he's almost uh, completed 80-meter DXCC just on an off-center fed dipole. So, Fred, welcome to Ham Talk Live.
1: Well, thanks, Neil. I'm honored to be your guest on this uh, first anniversary of your radio talk show. Happy birthday.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I'll, I'll, I'll try not to hold the Louisville thing against you. We were talking about that a little bit before the show and We'll,
1: thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll try to
0: skip that. over that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just a minor flaw in my resume, right? <laughs>
0: You're right exactly, but everything else, you know, we, we, we could we could overlook that. Being the being UK fan that I am, so uh, we we just want to talk some DXing tonight. And you've had um, a rare experience of being able to work DXCC um, from several different places and and. Um, and and DX from not just here in in the United States, but from several locations. So um, the first question here is is for somebody starting out uh, in DXing and and wants to work toward getting uh, 100 uh, entities uh, for DXCC, what would you recommend as the best way to uh, accomplish that goal for the first time?
1: Well, you have to get it on the air. You know, Neil, it's often easy to work DXCC in a single contest weekend, and I think electronic logs have helped a lot. Uh, Logbook of the World makes it easy to uh, get the confirmations without doing all the busy work with you know, QSLing and SASEs. You know, consider the major DX contests uh, promoted by the American Radio Relay League, CQ Magazine. There's one this weekend, the American Radio Relay League uh, CW DX contest. Uh, If you don't do Morse code, uh, wait until next month when it's single sideband. And and don't forget, there are some of the DX contests, good ones, sponsored by countries outside of uh, North America that worked all European contests, Russian Federation contests, JARL, the French contests, HA, Hungarian, uh, Polish, and Scandinavian, just to name a few. There are weekly and monthly annual uh contest calendars. Uh, you can find these on a number of different uh, sites. One of them is the WA seven B and M's uh, site, uh the C Q and QST publications. On a day to day basis, I think spotting networks are, are helpful. And of course there are newsletters uh like the Daily DX uh QRZ DX uh you know. Neil, uh DX is, is relative. It can be a remote rock or island or it can be an entity which, you know, prohibits ham radio. You know, if you take a look at the 10 most wanted lists, uh, the 10 most wanted DX entity lists, uh, now it's different than it was, you know, 10, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, number two on that list is uh, Bouvet Island. You've got uh, – you've had one of your guests, uh, Ralph Fedora, KZOIO, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. So he's been there, and that's number two on the list. P5 is number one, the North Korean uh, Republic. But Which, which is, by the way
0: – I. I- I saw that come across DX Summit today.
1: Really? <laughs> somebody, somebody decided to spot P5DX today. Well, I don't know if it's a pirate or a uh, or slimmer or, or, or who that is, but um, yeah. I would not today,
0: today was the day that it was supposed to happen from the, the guy that was stateside. Um, today was the day he was supposed to go. The, the
1: canceled trip. Well, I could definitely put that one in my logbook. Yeah. As could I. So, those are just some suggestions. I mean, uh, the radios are sophisticated now. Um, you, know, you do what you have to do for antennas, but 100 watts to wire, a good contest weekend with a little help from, uh, you know, the solar cycle. I, I think it's entirely possible to get it knocked out pretty fast.
0: Well, there's just there's a lot of um, opportunities uh, to to get these in, um, and like you said, in a contest. You know, we we did this at, at school where I teach. We we got DXCC uh, worked at least. We didn't get it all confirmed yet, but uh, we got it all worked in just a weekend on CQ Worldwide. So. There's there's opportunities like that, and then um, how do you like to keep up with all the DX expeditions, the the Bouvet Islands, and the Peter ones, and and those? How do you like to keep up with those?
1: Well, probably the, the best is some of the uh, the, the DX newsletters. Um, like the Daily DX, um, and then you know I just get on. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm more interested in the contesting aspect of it now than chasing down the, you know, the DXCCs. I have work to do. You know, I, I need a few more on, on 80, uh, for, you know, 5-band DXCC, uh, from this QTH. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, a contest weekend, uh, I could probably knock that out. Run that out of time for this season, though.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, not a, uh, Optimal time uh, for a lot of those with the uh, cycle where it is as well, so makes it uh, difficult. Well, let's talk about dxing from other countries. So, do you think it's easier to get contacts when you're not in the United States and you've got that uh, call sign from someplace else, or uh, what? What's different about dxing when you're not here in the United States?
1: Well, it never hurts if you're on the air to have a rare and kind a of cool call, call, you know. The DX is kind of relative. It just, just depends. So what's DX for me, it's maybe not necessarily DX for, for a JA. Um, so DXing is the, kind of with the pursuit of distance, uh, with the goal of earning an award, like DXCC or worked all zones. And your DXing neighbors are all going to be a little different. So, for example, uh, in Korea, you know, it's difficult from that part of the world to work into the Caribbean. So we had to get through a wall of JAs uh, to overcome, uh, to be able to work the VP5s and, uh, you know, the KP2s. And and to the West, at least in the 80s, uh, there was this huge interference from what was known as the Russian woodpecker. And this was kind of their over-the-horizon radar, and uh, it just would randomly show up in 20 meters, and, you know, it it was a lot of interference. In the canal zone... Uh, from KZ5, we had great pop- propagation uh, worldwide. We were near the water in the equatorial zone, and uh, you know, it, it was just—it was always good. Uh, in Germany, uh, you know, we had Russians and Italians. I didn't really have a very good setup in, in Germany, antenna-wise. Uh, it was tough to, you know, if you're working in, say, a um VX contest, you know, we're trying to work uh, the West Coast, and we have to get over the East Coast uh, first. So differences can also occur in some of these countries, not so much in the ones, you know, like Germany, Korea, Panama, but differences can occur in you know just the local infrastructure. You know, electricity may not be always 100 percent reliable. You might need generators. You know, 20 or 30 years ago, we didn't have the luxury of the Internet. Now, you know, you're, you're in VP5 and. The internet goes down; it's, it's it's like somebody cut one of your antennas. But <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, the, the climates, uh, like like I go back to Ralph's uh, you know, three wife, uh, Bouvet Island expedition. The harsh climates, and in some countries, we just talk about P five restrict, restrictive governments. Uh, uh, they all make uh, make a difference. You know, a few years ago, you know uh, it was the ZA's uh, Albanians weren't on, BYs weren't on. You know, now you've got, uh, you know, some of my mentors like Scott, KZRMD, you know, going over there and operating a contest from a club station. So it's a, it's kind of a moving uh, landscape.
0: Well, tell me a little bit more about this stealth (laughs) Yagi. Now, Scott tells me that you had this set up next to the base commander's house.
1: Well, we have to get one thing straight. So a base is an Air Force uh, location. A post is a military, is an Army post. So on the, on the Army post of Fort Knox, it was right in his backyard. I, we had been stationed in Fort Knox before, and I had a tower up uh, one of the other uh, housing uh, developments. But this time we were kind of up on Colonel's Row. And, you know, post commander is, is a two-star major general. And uh, so I had this TA-33 junior which is kind of a small, lightweight antenna. I put it on a TV mess. I spray-painted it, not Army camouflage back then, but spray-painted it so it didn't stand out too much. But uh, it, it was fine. I had to, had to turn up with the Armstrong method,
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> it, it worked It worked out okay. I mean, it was better than not being on the air, and um, it really didn't have any, any problems. You know, with the in the military, I'd moved most of my you know, hardware, the, the tower and the— and antennas with, uh, you know, being a, a Mars affiliate, affiliate uh, military amateur radio service. And that's still in existence today. But they didn't. the weight did not count against your uh, household goods, you know. So you, when you move in the Army, the amount of stuff you can move kind of depends on your rank. Okay,
0: <laughs> So that did not
1: count against my, my move, which was good because we, we still needed clothes and furniture.
0: Well, yeah, you might need those things, <laughs> but... You have to decide. If you had to decide, that wouldn't be a good, uh, good decision.
1: Yeah, even having an ex-wife who's a, a ham, she probably wouldn't side with me on that one.
0: Probably, probably correct. So, well, that's a that's a good story. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and um, then we're going to come back, and we're going to take your calls live. So, if you have some uh, questions. Uh, about DXing and some of uh, Fred's adventures, give us a call. It's 812-NET-HAM-1 is the phone number. And uh, we'll be back to do that right after this message from Spring Hill Suites, Miamisburg, right here on Ham Talk Live. If you're going to the Dayton Hamvention this year, be sure to join us for a live broadcast from Spring Hill Suites Dayton South in Miamisburg, Ohio on Hamvention Eve, Thursday, May 18th. Ham Talk Live will have a live audience and we'll put some of our visitors on the air to celebrate the annual migration to Dayton. And if you're still in need of a place to stay, Spring Hill Suites Dayton South Miamisburg still has some rooms available. Just 25 minutes from the new home of Hamvention in Xenia, Spring Hill Suites Dayton South Miamisburg is near the Dayton Mall, shopping districts, and restaurants. Enjoy fast Wi-Fi, an indoor pool, free breakfast buffet, rooms with microwave and refrigerator and sofa, and it's just minutes away from both I-75 and i sixty five. 75. Reserve your rooms now at marriott.com or call 888-850-6391. Spring Hill Suites, Dayton South Miami'sburg. The Hamvention Home for Ham Talk Live. We're not sure what's up with the fifth dentist, but four out of five dentists recommend listening to Ham Talk Live join the conversation call us on voice with skype at ham talk live or give us a call at 812 net ham 1 that's 812-638-4261 now here's more ham talk live welcome back to ham talk live we're here every thursday night at 9 p.m eastern time be sure to check out our facebook page and our twitter feed just look for ham talk live you'll find us there and uh, we're going to take your calls. So if you have a question for Fred, call 812-NET-HAM1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live or you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live. And we do have a couple of tweets uh, ready to go here, too. Uh, but while we're waiting on the calls, uh, Fred, you had uh, a couple other things uh, about working uh, from overseas that uh, you wanted to throw in here. So why don't you go ahead and do that?
1: Well, many hams don't have like a like a high school club like you you have. Uh, we had we were lucky. I was in rural Iowa, small town Iowa. And I was a ham. K zero R L X uh, uh, Anton helped me earn my license, and my my brothers and uh, and as I was active, I met a, uh, another guy who later. Would become a good friend, um, Steve uh, W0HT, who was a radiologist, retired, and he got me interested in DXing back in the '70s. So, between him and uh, the mentor I previously mentioned, uh, kz 5 jm you know, that was kind of my learning uh, uh, curve. And uh, you know, KZ5 was a learning experience with DX and DXing, and you know, we had 24/7 propagation pretty much everywhere. I had good antennas, monobanders, uh, big uh, big power, and it was just fun. Hotel Lima 9 was fun because, as a U.S. ham, all of the call signs in that part of the, the planet were exotic to me because, you know, I just worked, uh, you know, stateside stations. So, you know, the, the deep uh, Central Asia stations and, you know, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia, you know, those were like my backyard, but they felt like real DX. In Germany Germany, uh, DA2 uh, uh, call, um, you know, I was just, again, this garden variety of DX uh, really... Not that much of a D, you know, DX station, but it was fun to be able to hear what DX sounded like from that QTH. And so I think with contesting, that helps in kind of knowing you know, when those guys are listening and you know, what their conditions are like. Too. So that's, that's just the, the continuation of the story, what it was like to operate for a protracted period of time from other QTHs.
0: 812-NET-HAM-1 is the phone number if you'd like to ca- talk to Fred. About DXing, give us a call eight one two NET ham one is the number, or you can Skype us or tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Well, Doctor Scott Wright K zero MD, as we mentioned, did uh, have a couple of questions uh, ready for you, and um, he wants to know which of the five locations you've worked DXCC from was the hardest. And the most interesting, and uh, you wanted to know, can you compare DXing from those as an operator? Which I think we, we kind of addressed that a little bit. But uh, if you have anything else you can think of on
1: that, that's fine, too. Well, uh, I've been a ham a long time, and so you know, I wouldn't say working DXAC from the States uh, is that difficult. Uh, over the time that we were in Germany, it was, it was difficult, the, probably the fastest time was a weekend, a couple of weekends in the VP5 land. So we, we go down there for the contest. We've been down there, I think, three times uh, with Scott and his team, W0BM, KC0W, and K0PC. You know, we worked out in a day practically. And uh, so I think the Caribbean has been a good location for me to knock out DXCC the fastest.
0: All right, very good what now uh, what 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 do you think made uh Germany a little more challenging
1: well uh you're not you don't have that cool call sign uh the antennas really were the were the problem I lived in a kind of a restricted uh, antenna network so it wasn't be i wasn't didn't have good location right next to the post commander we were in a, <laughs> <laughs> we were in a stairwell which uh, it's it's army um slang for living in you know multi-unit dwelling okay like a con you know a series of condos <laughs> so you got you know you got to keep a low profile antenna and you know minimize all the rfi we had a club station there as well but it was you know was just too lazy to get down there and use it routinely
0: and another uh question from dr scott wright k0 md um can you tell a substantial difference in the receivers? Between your ICOM 7700 and the Flex 6700 when contesting or DXing, other than the top drawer pan adapter?
1: On the Flex. Uh, well, I, I like them both. I've had the Flex uh, for a little bit less than a year. I have to tell you, I just scratched the surface on this radio's capability. So it's the 6700. Uh, and Neil, it's got eight receivers. Okay, you can look at wow. eight. You know, eight band, And it's two radios in one. So. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just a multi. I mean, there's so much flexibility with it. Uh, it it's an amazing radio. So I try to use it. I, I, I have to say though, in all honesty, it is not my go-to contest radio. But it is my. That radio is on all the time. And you know, I, I come downstairs and I, you know, look at the, the pan adapters and see what's going on. I mean, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a cool thing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of really getting into that radio. Super heterodynes, you know, like 7700, have been around for a long time, 100 years. But recently, you have probably have seen the SDRs make the top of, you know, Rob Sherwood's uh, list. Um, but like I said, for serious contacts, contact uh, contest activity, I'm I'm on the ICOM, and I've had ICOMs uh, for many many years. And so part of it's just familiarity with the dial out, and you know, as I get older, I'm a little less uh, f- flexible. But the flexes like Scott said, uh, you know, the pan adapter is amazing, and it's such a visual experience. I mean, the integration of uh, you know the visual and the sound, you know, being able to look at not just one band but say eight bands, which I rarely do, but you could. You know, it's just uh, it's just remarkable. I mean, you, can, you know, I've, on my webpage, I've got a couple of uh, picture QSLs from from way back when, and and, the, and none of those pictures. Uh, are there any computers <laughs> okay so very few computer monitors now you look at the average station they may have one or more and uh, you know the bigger the better so there's a lot of power in this visual sound interaction and and really if you look at those pan adapters you know you've got a sense of time as well so you can almost say it's three-dimensional I know that you've had some of the STR folks on here too I I hate to uh, highlight my uh, ignorance about you know some of the more you know some of this technology but I
0: like them both. Oh yeah, I, I think they both have uh, have a lot of uh, benefits, and uh, it's you've always a good it's always a good question to ask. It's it's one that we ask a lot: is which one do you like better? Because there's still some, you know, there, there's still some advantages and disadvantages to both, and uh, and so we'll we'll see how it all plays out.
1: Right, and you've got a seventy three hundred, and so you've got a taste of the SDR at a price point that is very you know very good.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, what do you think? I I tell you what I I've been a Kenwood fan all my life, and this 7300 uh, at school that we have, um, I, we're just falling in love with it. Uh, it. The options of of the scope and the touch screen and and how quiet it is compared to what I'm used to uh, with the SDR is just just fabulous. So.
1: Well. That's
0: a lot cheaper than the nine ninety one, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a lot cheaper than that nine ninety that I keep keep uh, keep wanting, and Scott keeps reminding me that I that I need. Well, we've got a caller on the line; 's been patiently waiting. So, uh, let's see who we have here. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hello, are you there? Okay, we have lost our caller. So. You want to call back, give us a call. 812 Net Ham1 is the number. 812-638-4261. To uh talk with Fred, and hopefully they'll call us back here in a minute. Uh, hmm, okay. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we can pick this up. Yeah, now we've got you. Uh who's this? This is, uh,
1: WB0WIV, Gordon.
0: Hi Gordon, and, uh, thanks for I calling. I
1: had a question for Fred since, uh, he was kind of my mentor, got me started in Am Radio years ago. We both came from the same hometown. And I just kind of wondered if, uh, Fred had any ideas on how to work some of the more Central Asian countries From Eastern Iowa, since I don't have much luck at it. Well, thanks, Gordon. Uh, Good to hear you again. And uh, Gordon was, uh, uh, you know, one of uh, we had. We worked him on ten meters from HL9 land, which is a pretty remarkable feat at the time he was using a dipole. So, if he can work Korea, I think that uh, Gordon, if you uh, if you just kind of keep your ears out, watch those spotting uh, networks. Uh, First of all, you know ham activity tends to cluster around technology and in so, certain parts of the world that technology doesn't exist so, and i think some of the stands uh, and i think that's what you're referring to the stand, and let's see that's number you know 10 or 11 on on the list but kazikistan um those um you know those those countries just don't have a lot of operators and some of the you know, again the governments are restrictive so um you know, the maldives um um, Diego Garcia, you know those maybe a little bit further south in Central uh, Asia, but uh, you know you got to have people that are hams who are there. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate it. Good to hear you. Thanks for calling Goodbye. in, Gordon. Appreciate it.
0: Eight one two net ham one is the phone number 812-638-4261, or you can Skype us or tweet us at Ham Talk Live. We do have a few minutes remaining, so if you want to ask a question about DXing or something uh, about Fred's experiences, why go ahead and give us a call or a tweet right now at 812-NET-HAM-1. So uh, we we talked a little bit about contesting. What is your favorite contest to
1: work? Well, Neil, I'm, as you know, uh, antenna restricted, so... (laughs) Uh, so we have some uh, limitations. So I personally like the CW contest. I feel like I'm a better competitor uh, and I like the CQ Worldwide uh, CW contest in November. We've done the CQ Worldwide single sideband in October with, you know, as I mentioned, with Scott and down from BP5 uh, uh, land. And, um, you know, these are big league uh, contest events with a variety of operators. There are big guns and little pistols together. And you know, so no matter what the contest, every competitor is success is important to the success of uh, of the event. So, you know, if you're a big gun station. You need little guns to give you a call to, you know, keep your rate up. So everybody is important. Everybody has a role. And with the skills and the station designs, uh, you know, there, you know, those are, some of those can can change. But there are also some equalizers like solar conditions, and they all tend to affect. Uh, Uh, you know, the conditions, uh, the conditions affect the contestants equally. So you've had some amazing guest operators as well as owners and operators of super stations. So, you know, you, you know, this too.
0: 812-NET-HAM-1 is the phone number. We have a few minutes left. So give us a call. 812-NET-HAM-1. So yeah, the, the, the favorite contest, maybe whatever one is this weekend. Uh.
1: <laughs> Seeker Worldwide (CW) man. Yeah, yep, yep. The um, oh, I'm sorry, that's not CW. right. That's not right. It's yep, the ARRL CW. <laughs> I Got too excited about the Seeker Worldwide.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, um, oh, I
1: and,
0: had, I men- and I didn't to... mention oh, I didn't yeah.
1: mention the T Y. I didn't mention the R T T Y contest. So, you know, I, that's kind of a new mode for me. I've been active uh, probably for only about eight or nine years but you know that's a whole you know different world in itself and some of these guys were eight and you know single operator uh four radials or three radios. you know that's amazing think about yeah. the rate that these guys and so that's why a radio like the flex has you know a lot of you know a lot of uh, uh potential
0: sure well what's um What's your best um, recommendation to someone who hasn't worked one of these contests before and somebody that's new? um, What would you suggest to them to, to try to knock out, you know, a hundred countries in a weekend,
1: get on 20 meters, uh, get on with your hundred Watts, uh, and a wire, uh, and just and just give somebody a call. Kind of know what the rules of the contest are. You go to one of the websites I mentioned, W seven B and M's, uh, and each one of those links tells you what the rules and the scoring is. It helps if you have uh, you know computer logging, but you don't have to. You know you can still keep a paper log and, and just you know you get on Saturday night or Sunday Sunday morning Sunday afternoon and things kind of thin out the the frenzy is over. Uh, and the big guns are looking for the little uh, little pistor, pistols. And, you know, you like phone, you don't do CW, get on phone. Okay, 20 meters is going to be your go-to band with, with declining solar conditions. Uh, 40 meters might be a little bit more of a challenge, but I think 20, you know, for a stateside guy in the, you know, the morning or afternoon, you're going to find some DX. Remember, it's all relative.
0: Now, what is your strategy for the next few years when... The dead the the dead bands are going to get worse. Uh, so what's your what strategy for the next few years?
1: Well, the low bands are going to probably be um, your your new favorite bands. You know, 20, 40, 80, maybe one hundred and sixty. If you've got some real estate, you can put out uh, put up. Um, so I, I think you know you you can work a lot of DX on on twenty and forty, and you know that'll keep. Keep us into the solar minimum and through the next maximum.
0: Very good. 812 ham one We've got time uh, for one more. 812-638-4261. If you have a question, give us a call or a tweet here real quick. And uh, we're just about to finish things up with uh, Fred and want to appreciate you uh, extend our appreciation for you coming on the show and uh and sharing some of your experiences with us um tell us a little bit more about the the canal zone and we actually posted a picture from uh your qsl card from the um canal zone on uh, social media um, tell us a little more about uh, about operating from there
1: well it's pretty amazing um so, you know, I was down at school, uh, just finished a fellowship at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So this is my first overseas, first time really ever out of the country. So Judy and I, we had a one-year-old, went down there, and uh, uh, we were stationed on uh, the Atlantic side of the canal zone. Remember, this was a 10-mile-wide, uh, 15-mile-long um, you know, U.S. Uh, uh, territory, and had been there since the, the 1990s. And we took down the radio equipment. We uh, we were able to get a canal zone call um, through the local administration. We met some really good uh, hands. I mentioned one of them, KZ5JM. Uh, he was on the uh, Pacific side. But on our side, uh, I was able to help uh, mentor a ham, KZ5RO. Uh, Ron, uh, he's uh, silent key now, but he was a, a, a fireman. There were a couple of physicians at the Solo uh, Hospital there and uh, – uh, we just made some friends, and uh, I had the real estate and the antennas, uh, four-element four uh, monobander 204 BA on 20, uh, 153 three-elements on 15, and uh, three-elements on 10. And um, they, they just, it was just a great setup and a great location. The antennas uh, helped, but I think the location uh, was even better. So i you know, seen patients uh, during the day, and uh, we did some contest weekends with uh, Jim. Uh, his favorite contest was always the, the uh, CQ Worldwide WPX contest. He always had a unique call, KZ-0DX. At the time, uh, KZ-5FR was you know, a U.S. territory, so it was, you know, for sweepstakes, it was kind of like an entity that everybody wanted. So it was kind of cool to operate sweepstakes uh, from down in KZ-5 uh, land as, as well. So it was just uh just it was just a lot of fun. It really, you know, it, was, it became a solid part of my uh identity and uh, I'm happy to carry it through uh to this point in time.
0: All right. Well, if you haven't checked out that uh QSL card uh on uh, Fred's uh QRZ page or uh on our uh social media that we tweeted out and and uh, on Instagram and Facebook, check that out. It's a pretty cool picture and uh fred thanks uh so much for coming on the show tonight really enjoyed it and uh hope to catch you down
1: the log well neil thank, thank you. you good luck with uh, your um, school roundup and uh thank you for all the work you do with uh, the kids uh, in your radio club they're the future of the hobby 73 right.
0: thank you very much that's a wrap for this week's edition of ham talk live like to thank my guest Fred Riganiter K4IU and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in, and invite you all back next week. Now next week, um, looking at doing the show actually on Wednesday night, and we'll probably do that a little earlier so we don't run up against uh, Ham Nation. But um, I've got to announce a basketball game next Thursday night. Happens once every other year, and. Next Thursday is, is the night that it happens on Thursday. So um, check uh, Twitter or uh, Facebook for the time, but I think we're going to do that a couple hours early, uh, probably on Wednesday next week. And, of course, if you tune in at the normal time, um, we're still there uh, on the archive. You can listen to it uh, anytime. So if you tune in at the regular time, just uh, go ahead and hit play at that point. And um so just wanted to let you know that, that we won't be live during our, our normal time slot next week. Um but we will bring you another episode of Ham Talk Live. And as we bring year one to a close, we thank you for listening, tweeting, and calling in, and hope you enjoy year number two even more and the first. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. (laughs) I do will play the out
1: Seven three and good luck from Ham Talk Live.